filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Good morning. On today's show, what emotions are stirred in you when you hear the word retirement? For a large percentage of Americans, that emotion is fear. We're tackling the top ones today, plus a market update from Ryan Dietrich. Stay with us. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along, whether you're listening on radio or watching on our live stream. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury to my right, and Tim Key to his. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Scott. I'm just back from the beach. Can you see me? I'm we, we, tan, can, right? we can yeah. tell. Yeah, we can it was tell. a great week. I appreciate you filling in on the Fastest Four, by yeah. the way. I got a chance to watch that. And you Did had you straw see my hat. little straw hat and the yeah. palm trees, the cheesy palm trees yes. that were uh, stuck on the side of uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was... Uh, Thanks to the creative department here at Genwealth, they uh, they made it look good. I think you were having a little beach envy, honestly. Uh, well, I'm going next month, so uh, it you know, won't and, last long. It, yeah, yeah, it 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 will uh, it it'll all be okay. Yeah, and yeah. I should thank Tim for holding down the fort in West Little Rock while I was away. It was good of you to do that. I, I, I know my, you took some time off too, but you were here. I did my best. I, I kept um, up with everything going on, so yeah. um, didn't want to let our clients down. So that's the the main thing here. So it's a team approach, right? Yeah. So, the whole team goes on vacation at the same time. <laughs> so. We don't need that to happen, right? No. Hey, we've got a great show for you. We mentioned in the open, Ryan Dietrich is going to be joining us from LPL Research to talk about the markets. But our topic today uh, for the Get Ready for the Future show, we're talking about uh, your retirement and what emotions are stirred and do you have some fears, some worries? You know, there's a huge statistic here that we're going to start with. 44%, an estimated 44% of Americans worry they'll never be able to retire. That is an all-time high. That's almost one in two, an amazing stat there. And we're going to explore maybe why those worries are there, what fears are they taking shape as, but we want to start with a fill-in-the-blank question to kind of get your, your, your thoughts going here this morning. And we're going to start with this. And, and I hate fill-in-the-blanks, really, because I was much more of a multiple-choice test taker. I liked that much better. <laughs> fill-in-the-blanks <laughs> scare me. But this one is not going to be graded, so it's okay. You just take your time. Retirement is blank. What is retirement to you? What does it mean to you? Because I think defining that first will help with overcoming some fears. Yeah, I think so. And I think that probably a lot of people would say uncertain. Uh, I, and I think that's where that statistic comes from, that 44% of Americans saying that they don't think that they'll ever be able to retire. And I've got to believe, guys, that that comes from the fact that a vast majority of people haven't ever tried to calculate what it is going to take to actually retire. I think we've all been uh, kind of marketed to, if you will, in terms of, you know, what's the big number? What, how much money? Is it a million? Is it two million? And all that sounds very intimidating, Tim. And, and oftentimes, we who practice the art of retirement income planning know that it's really not that big a deal. No, I think the numbers we see on TV, especially it's what's your number, and they're carrying around big numbers. And it's not always necessarily a big number that we have to have. It's really what's your income need in retirement? What are you going to do in retirement? What's it look like for you? And so I, get, I think that's really, you've got to fill in that blank and that's during our first conversation with you know someone that comes in, we're asking them, you know, what's retirement look like to you? How much are you going to spend in retirement? 
And once we know that, then we can back in based on all these other things. You know, you have enough to retire. Scott, I have to also say that there are, you know, there are folks out there that, you know, are are genuinely concerned about retirement. But then there are those folks that have been negatively influenced by the merchants of doom out there. And, you know, I, I see it on on Facebook all the time. You know, certain financial firms are out there talking about you're going to lose 50 percent of your money in retirement to taxes and you're going to lose the other 50 percent to the stock market. So you're just going to be dead broke. You know, it, it, that kind of constant assault on your senses when you're thinking about retirement, that kind of thing is is really detrimental to you. And, and you really ought to just turn it off. Mm. And and I believe that you need to be engaging in possibility thinking and thinking about what is possible. What is it that I can do as opposed to listening to all this crap that that I can't do because you never will get anything done if that's your thought process. You know, we say this quite frequently on the show about all kinds of things when it comes to the messaging and the noise that's out there. It is always important to remember that that is a broadcast message, right? I mean, yeah. it's often on, often on a broadcast network or broadcast station all of those messages so it can't be it can't be tailor-made to you and your specific situation because it's a blanket coverage message i do think when you're younger right and and i'm thinking of a new client that we just actually brought on board he's the son of a current client but he's 24 years old Mm -hmm. and he's thinking about how much do i need to be saving and where do i need to be where what balance do i need to have in my retirement account and i'm i'm loving that right he's 24 years old it's great that he's doing that So those kinds of rules of thumb are very helpful when you're in your 20s, 30s, maybe. But when you get closer to retirement, into what we're going to talk a lot about today, the retirement red zone, 10 years or less from actually moving into life after work, it does no good to talk about an asset level or to say, I need $1.1 million across the board to retire, as if everybody needs that one specific number because it's much yeah. more much more uh, nuanced than that. Yeah, and I, I've seen people come in and, and just be hell-bent on the fact that they've got to have a certain number before they retire, and we run the numbers for them, and we figure out that it really isn't uh, necessary to have that much money. Uh, there's a lot that goes into the calculation of retirement income planning, and asset level is important, mm-hmm. but there is not a magic number out there. But I think that we, we want to really kind of step back from all of that and really ask the question, what if we could reshape your idea of retirement and what retirement looks like and, and maybe just give you a better perspective on this whole idea of retirement. And I think we're, we're actually going to jump in and try to do that today, Tim. And the, I, I, we've seen people come into our, our office with a very negative outlook on retirement. But after we do the planning and, and go through the math and science of actually running the numbers as opposed to listening to what somebody's telling you, then we actually see really good results and they change their attitude about retirement. Right. I think you really have to do, really do have to reshape your mind. And I think oftentimes if you're the first one to go into something, if you're the first one to go into retirement or even, you know, we've got here a haunted house, you know, things like that, that you know, it is, it's scary at times, sure. but if you're able to follow someone else through, if, you, if a friend of yours or some peers of yours at work have retired and you're kind of seeing what they've been able to go through, it kind of eases things. But then also to just be able to talk to us who, you know, we take people into retirement, you know, every month. And so we're able to kind of, you know, show them what those obstacles are and how to get through them. Uh, Tim's comment there just reminds me. I've had this conversation several times, Scott. I've had people sit across the table from me, and we're planning and everything, and they go, look, I know you do this all the time, but this is me. This is, I, you know, 
yes, it is you and your money. And I, I understand the emotion of that. But the math is the math, right. and the 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 uh, computations are the computations. Yes, are they built on certain assumptions? Yes, they are, but they're built on very conservative assumptions uh, from what how we plan at GenWealth. And so, people, I think, ought to think about retirement. And if you want to fill in that blank, I would say retirement is really a need to relax. Hmm. And not relax from a go and, and physically relax, but mentally relax and work with somebody that says, hey, we got this. We're going to help you get through this and get you to a spot where you really do need to be. I filled in my blank. Retirement is financial independence. Yes, And that it goes is. right along with the feelings and the emotions that you're talking about. To yes. be able to relax means you have achieved financial independence. Now, I think when we go through these fears, so we talked about alleviating some of the fears. So maybe if your blank was retirement is scary, it's frightening, it's fearful, we're going to try to alleviate some of those fears. And that gets done by addressing them with education. You know, we talked about the noise. So we're going to get past the noise today and talk about some real educating moments that can really help address those fears. Tim mentioned the haunted house. You know, if somebody's in front of you and you and you get scared in a haunted house when you can't see them, that's when things are scary. But if the lights were on, if you, if you knew what was really going on, uh, you would be less fearful of that haunted house. And I think about public speaking, too. Uh, you think about how fearful people are of public speaking. I, and I was one of those, and I did a lot of that. I was required to do a lot of that uh, in the broadcast news business. But what happened there for me was is if I wrote the speech down, like what I was more fearful of was not having something to say. It didn't really bother me to talk in front of people, but to lose my train of thought, to not have something written down, that frightened me a little bit. So you think about writing things down, written plan. We're going to talk yes. about that. Having something to refer to alleviates fears as well. Well, and I think it really, uh, the education is the key here. And when you think about this from an educational standpoint, you have to begin to kind of just take this thing apart and say, okay, how much spendable money do I need to have every month to basically live my lifestyle in retirement? And most people will come up with a number. Now, you may or may not work off of a budget, but regardless of whether you do or not, you kind of know about how much money you spend every month. And, and that's going to vary to some degree, but you can pretty well get a handle on that. And then the key here is that you've got to, first of all, gross that up for taxes. You've got to figure out, okay, if I'm going to have that kind of net income, how much taxes am I going to owe on that? And then you get a gross number. So that's the number that you work with, Tim, because you're, you're usually dealing with qualified money and you got to pay taxes on that money as you withdraw it in order to stay, you know, plumb with the IRS. But you get that number and then it's a, a, a just a math problem of looking at that gross number. Let's say it's 6000 dollars a month. How much social security do you have coming in? How much pension do you have coming in? And is there a gap? And what are you going to do to fill that gap? That's job number one. Yeah, it's really bringing it all together. All the income sources, the amounts of money you have, what those funds can earn and those types of things. And yeah, it's really just kind of coming together and saying, okay, for this person with what you've got and what you're where you're wanting to go, do we have what we need? If your retirement plan is an account statement, I can understand how retirement would be very fearful for you and very yeah. <laughs> scary because that's the point here. The fear is a fear over your account balances. How do you know how much money you need to retire? 
And it's not really about that lump sum. It's not about that pile of money. I hope we're illustrating that. It is about your income needs. And you think about that, how the noise can drive you off track there, because that's the messaging. You need this. You need that when they know nothing about you specifically. And if you have a couple that goes into retirement with no debt, they have a pen, one or two pensions and a couple of social security checks. Well, think about that as it relates to the income that we're talking about. They're going to need much fewer assets than someone who doesn't have a pension check and has smaller social security payments and is going to carry a mortgage into retirement. You talked about this, and I want to be sure this gets highlighted. Yes, if your retirement plan is an account statement, if it's your 401k statement, if you look at your 401k and go, this is my retirement plan, well, you are going to be fearful because that retirement plan balance is going up and going down based on whatever the market's doing. Are we in the middle of COVID? It's way down. Have we had the rally? It's way up. And you know that it gyrates up and down and that causes fear. But how you translate that fear into certainty is to do a plan. You can do a plan and and stop looking at the account statement and begin looking at the plan. When you begin to look at the plan, then you begin to feel better because now there is some predictability to that. There is some you know regular, predictable, dependable income that's going to come in, and that is the real key to uh, having the financial independence and retirement. Yeah, and that account statement that you have, especially after you've accumulated quite a bit, it can move move a lot mm-hmm. when that yeah. market moves up or down, mm-hmm. especially if you don't have it allocated properly. Right. And I think one of the things we, you know, we talked about 44% of Americans worry they'll never be able to retire. And you talked about having pensions and the social security, you know, we are probably 20 years out from a lot of people having pensions. So yeah. we don't really see that much anymore. And a lot of people that retired, you know, 20, 25 years ago, they had the social security and they had their pension that they had worked for for 30, 35 years, and they were pretty well set on their retirement. Now it's up to us to do and take care of ourselves. It's on you. There's no question. That does make it a little more fearful, especially if you're looking. You talked about people who've walked through it. Oftentimes, that's their parents, and their parents got to do it differently because they had those pensions in place. So it can add to fear. So that fear is the balance on your account. How do you know if you have enough money to retire? And the education to alleviate that fear is to focus change your focus from assets to income and letting the asset level be only attributable to your income needs and desires in retirement. So we have a lot more fears to walk through in today's show. Retirement is blank. You fill it in and we'll help you alleviate those fears. Up next, though, we take a break and talk markets with Ryan Dietrich from LPL Research. Market updates coming your way right after this break. Scott Inman, along with John Shrewsbury, Tim Key on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we are pleased to be joined once again during this segment by LPL Chief Market Strategist Ryan Dietrich. Ryan, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me back. I'm honored. It is good to be with you again. And I know it is a busy world that you are living in. And we always are grateful for the time that you take to spend with us. Tell us a little bit about your your busyness. What, what all you got going right now? Let's see here. So you guys know Bert, yeah. Bert White, my boss, our chief investment officer. Got a meeting with him in about 15 minutes. Um, we did our morning call this morning with our LPL advisors. I recorded an LPL street view. That's a video that we post to our YouTube channel. Um, then just the day-to-day managing models and talking about markets and managing a team. So it's a, it's a busy day. I didn't get time to go to lunch, though, so that was nice. So I'm, I'm feeling good. <laughs> we, we want you uh, well energized for this segment. So hey, we're right. talking today, Ryan, uh, about 
retirement fears uh, that people have. And, and we know that one of those is market volatility. Certainly, uh, people may fear that all through their work life, too. But when you get a little closer to leaving work and living on your assets, that that really gets to be fearful. It's often one of the reasons that people worry about retirement. Help us out uh, from your perspective. Can you speak to to that concern of market volatility as it as it relates to moving into retirement and what your experience has taught you? Yeah, Scott. I mean, like you said, that's one of the top questions, right? Because a lot of people lived through the crash, the tech bubble of the 2000s, financial crisis. So, you know, the worst case is you're ready to retire and then all of a sudden stocks are worth half of what they were a year before. I mean, that's that's what makes people worry, obviously, right? But at the same time, what have we learned, you know, not just the past 12, 16 months, but long term? That's why you diversify. I mean, stocks are the best way to create long term wealth to beat inflation, but we'll talk about bonds, I believe, in a little bit. But you still want to have some bond exposure, some cash exposure. And for those people, and it's different if you're about to retire, but if you're five, 10 years away from retirement, continue to stick with the plan, right? Continue to put money in the stock market when it sells off, add, add a little bit more. I know this sounds very simple, but then you have what we saw last March and our brains haywire. And it's just that's why it pays so much um, pay, pay attention to having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do and do not deviate from that. And usually it hit your long term investment goals. Ryan, let's jump into talking about the current markets right now. And if you, uh, you know, we're past the sell in May and go away uh, uh, theme, if you will. We're past May. Uh, some people are calling this a little bit of a June swoon. We, we, for the last 30 days, I was just looking at the S&P 500. It's basically treading water uh, right. over the last 30 days or so. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys are expecting and what your th- uh, team is thinking about the markets going forward into the rest of the summer. Yeah, John. I mean, historically, the summer months really, again, like you think they call it sell and may go away for a reason. The worst six months are from the end of April to Halloween. That's on average, though. And you think about it, May actually, I said I should joke and call it sell in June because May, after gaining last month, is actually higher eight of the last nine years. So for whatever reason, May has been strong. But there's no doubt about it. You know, June is historically a little slow, a little weak. And this is what we're seeing. Like, what do we see? Like you said, the market's like going nowhere. The S&P is like flirting with all-time highs, can't quite get there. Historically low volume. I mean, people, you know, everyone's kind of, it seems like they've checked out. Schools are getting out and things, which isn't bad. Market had an 89% rally, John. And now we're going sideways for about a month or so. So maybe a little more of that could be perfectly normal. We do not anticipate, say, a, um, you know, 15, 20% correction. We don't think that's going to happen with all the fiscal stimulus, monetary stimulus. We'd still say, yeah, you could have an 8% correction after an 89% rally, but we don't think it'd be much more than that. And it could be the tricky summer months when it happens. Um, So just be aware of that. But, you know, after 89% rally, let's not get too spoiled here. Hmm. Well, Ryan, you mentioned that the S&P 500 is right there at all time highs. I mean, we're real close to it. Your your team's expecting the economic fundamentals to dominate the market performance uh, for the remainder of the year. And what are those fundamentals looking like? And how do you they play um, into your expectations for the market coming forward. Yeah, I mean, the fundamentals play a big part of it, right? And, and what do we learn? Before I go there, what do we learn last year, right? I mean, the stock market is a forward-looking mechanism. The stock market was saying, listen, there's probably better economy coming when we had that big rally, you know, the second half of last year. And now we're seeing it, right? Earnings, just amazing how strong I mean, the earnings that we just had in the first quarter came in up 52% year over year. When we started, like on April 1st, this is no April Fool's joke, on April 1st, it was expected to be up 24%, so almost a double. And we're seeing, again, second quarter earnings are are really increasing. So corporate America, it's impressive what they're having to say. Then let's sprinkle on top some record manufacturing and record services numbers. You know, things aren't perfect. You know, I know inflation's a worry. The employment picture, it's okay. It's We've still got like 8 million jobs to make up what we lost. 
But overall, you'd have to say clearly the economy is extremely on strong footing. We still have a, a accommodative Fed, and we're still young in the economic cycle. All of those things kind of mixed together to again suggest to us that stocks will probably continue to do well and probably continue to outperform bonds at least the next six to twelve months. You mentioned the word inflation in there. We let, let's go back to that really quickly because I do feel like uh, every week we're talking about it. Uh, the question is, let's talk about inflation, right? I mean, I kind of hinted at it. Inflation clearly is a concern when you have record stimulus, uh, like we're having. You know, the economy opening up. It makes sense to see more inflation. And our stance at LPL Research is this, though. We think inflation is transitory. That's that word the Fed kept using. And maybe a word last time you heard was maybe when you studied for the SATs a long time ago, meaning you're going to come back to trend. Here's the truth. We still have you know, things like the Amazon effect, manufacturing, or I'm sorry, more machinery, um, you know, globalization. Uh, you know, a lot of debt actually is deflationary. So these factors that have been in play for almost 15 years that have kept the lid on inflation. We get it. Inflation is a little higher now. But just look at 10-year yields. Like as we speak, the 10-year yield down around one. Okay, 1.50%. That's the bond market saying we're not worried about inflation. The media and everybody else might be hyping it up, but the market is telling us it's not worried about inflation. The numbers are high now, but into the future, we just do not see massive inflation. And the bond market is actually justifying that right now. So uh, obviously, the the bond market is is who you want to listen to in things of this nature because they those guys tend to be one of the smarter people in the room. If uh, if there's a room full of economists, the bond people are the the guys mm-hmm. that really do know kind of what's going on. So Ryan, let's talk about something that um, that I was noticing on on your research blog that you guys have developed this proprietary index called the Beige Book Barometer. So it's an economic indicator, but tell us a little bit about what that barometer is telling you about the current state of the economy and how that actually applies to your investment portfolios. Yeah, John, what it is, is the Fed does, they look, they go out and they interview, if you will, or survey like banks and different people inside of banks and Main Street, really. It's kind of like a Main Street indicator. And we take a look at how many strong words there are versus weak words and add it all up. Keep this real simple. The most recent survey the Fed just did had the most strong words regarding the economy that we've ever seen, at least going back to 2005, the data that we've got back using Bloomberg that far. So again, Main Street is quite optimistic, which is a good thing, right? It says the economy is going to open up. People are going to continue to spend. Kind of a brother to this. There's a recent CEO survey came out. CEOs are the most optimistic they've ever been. So amazing where we are in the last 12 months from where we were. Um, but But the truth of the matter is this. Main Street's optimistic. And, you know, the economists and the Fed, those guys don't always have the best track record. You know, it has a really good track record. It is Main Street. What Main Street has to say is we, we, we kind of run the show a little bit more. And, and that's a really, really good thing. And I think just from observations about what's going on in the economy, I've done a little bit of traveling. Mm-hmm. I've been in Nashville and I've been in Dallas uh, and obviously are all around central Arkansas yeah. and and economies are booming. People yes. are spending money. Yep. Uh, stores are crowded. Restaurants are crowded. You know, there's a lot of activity out there. Things are returning to normal. And I think that's actually what Ryan is saying is this is showing up in that in that beige book. Yeah, okay. I just got back from the Florida beach. There is no uh, no problem with the economy economy in Florida. There's no question about that. Restaurants, hotels, bustling. Well, Ryan, crude oil and energy has really they struggled the last three years, and we're really oh, yeah. starting to see those come along. And we've got a lot of uh, clients in South Arkansas that are in that oil 
um, industry there. And um, what are the prospects for the oil industry um, going forward? Yeah, well, real fast, guys. I flew on a plane for the first time this past Saturday. I flew up to Ohio to see my mom. And I've never seen the Charlotte airport that crowded. I got there like 630 in the morning on a Saturday. And then you go and read in the paper, apparently, like they had the longest lines they've ever had. People waiting for three hours. Thank God I have that TSA pre or I would not have made it because they only had one TSA checkpoint. Who's that? Yeah. Four. They're having trouble hiring workers yep. like everybody else is. Mm. So just anyway, the, the, the more out, people are traveling. But OK, back to the question now. Uh, yes. You know, I've, I've come home to you guys all year and we said, you know, we see positives with crude oil. We upgraded our view on crude oil in January thinking it could have some more upside. Now we've grown extremely um, more comfortable with oil and refiners. We think the energy group in general, like you said, it just it did terrible for not just three years, honestly, for like 15 years. OK, since the 2007 peak, energy has done very poorly. It is what it is. The great news now as the economy comes back online with a lot of supply and, and um, or I'm sorry, with a lot of demand and, and supply staying in check, according to OPEC, there are just some major tailwinds, in our opinion, for energy and energy stocks to con- they've, they've done great this year. They've been the leaders this year. We think they can continue to do really well as this economy opens up. And I haven't thought that for a while at LPL or LPL hadn't thought that for a while, but we like energy going forward here. Ryan, we we talked a moment ago about the bond market. Let's delve yep. into this a little bit more in terms of the individual investor. And you know, if you if you kind of just look at the the surface level of this, you would say you know with uh, rates potentially rising, bonds would not necessarily be a great place to be. But mm-hmm. in terms of di- proper diversification of a portfolio, people don't need to abandon bonds just because we're on the opposite side of an interest rate swing. Uh, amen, John. Exactly right. What was one of our big calls at LPL Research coming in this year? We said stocks would do really well relative to bonds. That's played out. Your bonds are virtually flat for the year. Stocks are up 12%, 13% approximately. So that's played out. And we think that can continue. And again, is it as simple as if yields go higher, bond prices struggle? Yeah, sometimes it is. And we still see you know, a little, little more inflation. I talked talk before, we don't see massive inflation, but we see a little more inflation coming, a stronger economy. The truth is, you know, and the Fed might start to taper, which means they're going to stop buying as many bonds as they once were, that could lead to higher higher interest rates and higher yields as well. So overall, we still think uh, bonds make a perfect place in, in someone's portfolio. But again, we'd be overweight, have more stocks and bonds in, in, that, in a, that portfolio going forward for the rest of this year. Ryan, we're almost out of time. I uh, want to thank you again for your time. I want to thank you for holding through the technology pivot that we had <laughs> to do today, but everything worked out okay. Tell us real quickly before we let you go. Um, about places that the public can get yep. some of the resources that you guys and your team are providing. Well, once a month on the Get Ready for the Future show is my favorite place. That Best you place. Best secondly, place. secondly, LPLresearch.com. That's our uh, blog. And then I do have a podcast, LPL Market Signals. You can get that wherever you get your favorite podcast. Those are two great ways to follow along what we're up to here at LPL Research. All right, Ryan, we'll let you go. I know you got a busy day ahead. Thanks again for being with us. I'll tell Bert you guys said hi. See ya. Sounds thank good. You. Take care, Ryan. Bye. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Our thanks to Ryan Dietrich again from LPL Research uh, joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show to talk markets. And that's kind of the bridge into our next fear. You know, today's subject is what is retirement to you? Retirement is fill in the blank. And if you're like many Americans, it can be fearful. It can be scary. It can be worrisome. Those, If those are the answers for you, we're going to work today to alleviate some of your fears. We talked about one of those fears in the first segment, and that was about account balances. How do you know you have enough to retire? And we talked about 
shifting your focus from assets to income. You have to figure those things out first to know if you have enough money for retirement. Our next fear up on our list today is investment allocation. And we talked about, guys, market volatility with Ryan just a little bit. That yep. that certainly is something that a lot of people worry about. You may be in your 20s or 30s and worry about market volatility, but certainly when you get into the retirement red zone, 10 years or less out from retirement, and we've seen this with clients who come in for planning, that it, the first sign of trouble in the market, and they know they're retiring in a couple of years, they make some drastic moves in their investment allocation that probably are ill-advised. Yeah, and and it can go both ways. You're right. absolutely right in terms of you know people making drastic moves if the market moves, but also there are people today that are taking risk that are unnecessary because they've actually attained enough assets to provide them income, but they think, well, these markets are great. I'm just going to keep invested in totally in stocks, and we're going to just see what plays out here, and we're going to try to to make some more money. And and Tim, that is really in my mind that is taking way too much risk in a very vulnerable time in their in their financial life. Yeah, there's a lot of risk, and as you get older, there is definitely a need to change. But I think a lot of people are just you know, it's, hey, the market. It's always come back. And yes, it has always come back. But we want to make sure it doesn't come back after you retire. We want to make sure it's in place and that we have time built in for different segments of investments and things like that so that we can, you know, we really do need to properly allocate the investments, whether it's in bonds or equities or real estate or whatever it is, to make sure that we're in timeline with your retirement. And I think the danger there, Scott, is that if we have a prolonged market downturn, now obviously the last downturn, it rebounded immediately. (laughs) But if we have a prolonged market downturn, I've been around long enough to see a couple of those in in my career, especially 2000, 2001, and 2002. In a scenario like that, if you are pulling money out of that portfolio, you are engaging in what we call sequence risk, meaning that the the portfolio has gone down. Now you're taking money out of a depleted portfolio and you're making it worse. You're you're kind of tail spinning that portfolio, if you will. And you could be in a situation where you run out of money in a portfolio just because of what happened in the first two or three years of your retirement. That's a threat that a lot of people just don't have a lot of appreciation for because Mm -hmm. they don't understand the the mathematics and the dynamics of that math when it comes to retirement income planning. And that has nothing to do with your investments. You can be invested the same exact way, and the only difference is when you retire. There's data out there. We've seen it. We show it with our clients that the difference, using historical data, of course, in the market of a different year, starting your retirement in a different year. And we've even seen data that it could be a different month of the same year that you start your retirement that could increase the depletion of your assets just because of what happens Uh, in the market returns right after you retire. And so the answer to that is preparing your portfolio before you get to the day when you're going to start drawing income, preparing that portfolio so you don't have that big market downturn on the money that you're going to access the first five to 10 years of your retirement. I think there's times after someone makes a change to go a little bit more conservative in their investments, even though it's the right thing to do. If the market continues to go up, they feel like they're missing out on some of those returns. Yeah. And over the last number of years, we haven't had that many pullbacks, and those pullbacks that we have had have actually come back real quickly. So, you know, we really haven't felt it that much. But I think, you know, if we do have a prolonged setback, and you've been able to make some changes and put some more money in that um, those conservative buckets for those early years of retirement, a pullback, you're going to be able to sleep a lot better at night because that money's not going to be losing like the growth 
investments that you might have in your portfolio. That fear of missing out, that FOMO, can get you in a real funk as far as your retirement is concerned. Yeah. So you don't want to to just be all in on equities, even though the outlook is really pretty good over the next six months or so. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what world event uh, could take place that nobody's really expecting? We, we didn't expect, you know, COVID, obviously. But, right. you know, there, there, this is still a very volatile world. And a lot of that does have an effect on what's going on in the American economy. And so that's why we do the planning that we do well ahead of retirement. So when you arrive at retirement, you've got some comfort there. FOMO. Yeah. Fear of missing out. That's right. If, if that's you, I, we talked about in the last fear of shifting your mindset. If you're, if you're worried about your account balance, shifting your mindset from asset level to income. When it comes to this fear, if you have a fear of missing out, I think it's worthwhile to shift your mindset from rate of return to outcome. Yes. You want a successful retirement first and foremost. So if you have a fear of missing out, maybe you're too focused on rate of return. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and, and you're too focused on that big number again yep, yep. Uh, that, that everybody's kind of pounded in your head that that's the thing. It's really not the thing. The thing is the income. The income is the outcome. All right, so the next fear is Social Security. We could legitimately spend the rest of the Get Ready for the Future <laughs> show and maybe next week's show yes. on Social Security fears. We get this in the client meeting room quite frequently especially from younger clients, they're not even wanting to count on Social Security. And I, and I don't mind that mindset because that means you're going to put it more on you and save more potentially, right? But will Social Security be gone or will it be there for you in retirement? So let's talk about what we know about Social Security. We know that it will be around in some form for future generations. According to the Social Security press release from 2019, it needs to be updated, the trust fund gained a year of solvency. Now, this was before COVID, and that could yep. actually make that move the other direction. It doesn't plan, the, the trust fund should not be depleted until 2035. So what that means is, we're rocking along until 2035, everything is good. Right. The trust fund would then no longer have enough money in there to pay out full benefits if no legislative changes are made prior to 2035. So what would that mean? There would still be enough in there, even if we get to 2035, to pay 80%, approximately 80% of benefits. So a worst case scenario, if you will, is for if you're retiring sometime post 2035, or you're in retirement in 2035, you could have a, a, a pay cut in your Social Security benefit, but you would still get a Social Security benefit. That is, there's a big but there. Yes. And that is, but for Congress. And Congress is going to address Social Security. I can almost assure you they're going to address Social Security because the number one thing that a politician wants to get is elected and reelected. And they know that they can't get reelected if they allow Social Security recipients to take a 20% pay cut. It just is not politically palatable. It it will not happen. Uh, That now, do I absolutely know that it will not happen? No, but I would say that ninety nine percent chance of it happening uh, is is absolutely. I I would bank on it. I am banking on it. I, I am not counting on a social security pay cut when I am drawing Social Security, and I'll be drawing Social Security at 2035. You know, And so I'm not worried about it. I believe the politicians will, at the end of the day, do what they need to do to shore up Social Security. And really, there's not that many things that they have to do to make that happen. They can raise the full retirement age 
And that is one of the easiest things to do, raising the full retirement age, because people are living longer, they can raise the full retirement age. They can increase the amount of income that is subject to payroll taxes. That's certainly a possibility, and I think Joe Biden actually has that on his agenda right now to to try to shore up Social Security. Raising the amount of the FICA tax coming out of wages and the self-employment income could also be considered. So there's a lot of levers that can be pulled to shore up Social Security and and a few of those could really go a long way towards solidifying that that program. Yeah, there's probably going to be a combination of some of those or yes. all of those that um, will actually be addressed and probably help shore up Social Security at some point. And we definitely expect it to be there in some form or fashion, and we'll definitely consider that. But, you know, as new news comes out about it, um, you know, I don't know how long it's going to be before – you know, Congress actually starts addressing December this. of 2034. <laughs> is probably, probably, that probably right before it, um, you know, is going to be the trust fund's going to be out. But, yeah, it's going to be pushed down the road. Well, guys, you know, the, the problem that Social Security has right now is and we talk about this in our destination retirement workshop. Uh, you know, if you go down the street here to the Waffle House and you walk in there uh, any morning, there's a bunch of old guys in there having breakfast and, uh, you know, they're swapping lies and all that type of thing. And and that's just what they do. But if you walked up to those guys and you said, hey, guys, when should I take Social Security? What do you think they're going to say? soon as you can as soon as you can you want to get that man they're going to run out of money you you definitely want to get that check and that's just not necessarily the case so are you going to rely on advice from the waffle house for your retirement planning are you going to rely on what the experts say about social security and retirement planning i just think that there is a lot of uh uncommon sense out there we'll call it right that people think is, is you know conventional wisdom is not always right. right. And in this case, I think that Social Security is going to survive and you should count on it as a big piece of your retirement. But even if you say, okay, worst case scenario, John is just full of it and he is, you know, I'm going to I'm going to worst case scenario this, then reduce the expected amount of Social Security on your plan by 20% and you'll be right in line with what the government says the worst case scenario is going to be. Now, the one fly in the ointment that we didn't talk about is a possible fix that gets floated out there once in a while is means testing. And yes. Now, that could potentially take some Social Security away from higher net worth individuals. So that is something that you have to have out there as well. It may get talked about. That's just going to depend on what administration and what and who's in power when, when things actually get done. But no political party wants to be the party on record that wrecked Social Security, especially when there's 61 million beneficiaries yeah. out there who vote. So yeah. uh, we do believe there's going to be a fix uh, put in. So we've talked a lot about the planning. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. We do have one more fear, and it's longevity. How do you know your money will last as long as you do? But we're going to have to probably hold off until the final segment to get into that. We've only got about a minute left. But when we talk about these fears, we, we, we started the show asking you to fill in the blank retirement is blank is it fearful is it scary feeling secure about your future starts with how you see your future and it's that mind mindset shift that we talked about we've got a way to help with that we've got a free download available with 10 ways to shift your perspective about planning it is called what's the plan a manifesto for your life your worth and what happens next and here's how to get it just visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan, or an even easier way, just text the word plan, P-L-A-N, to 501-381-5228. 
One more time, the number 501-381-5228. Text the word PLAN to get 10 ways to shift your perspective about planning. We'll take our final break and be back in a moment. Addressing some common fears that people have about retirement. That's the theme of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We talked about how do you know if you're going to have enough. That's a focus on account balances. And we offered the suggestion to shift your focus from asset level to income first to begin your retirement planning process. We talked about investment allocation. That's a big fear, fear of market volatility. How do you know which investments to use? We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the planning process here at GenWealth. But having a plan to spend from the more conservative buckets, if you will, your more conservative investments and push that market volatility down the road for later years is one way to offset a very real risk uh, in retirement, which we talked about is timing risk or sequence risk. And then we spent a large part of the last segment talking about Social Security, and a lot of people have fears about that. Our final fear is longevity. How do you know your money will last as long as you do? This is one of the three big risks, too. One of them is sequence risk. We talked about that. Another one is longevity risk. You do have to have or need a perpetual retirement income plan, one that Make sure that no matter how long you live, John, your money will last as long as you do. Yeah, you're going to have certain expenses throughout the rest of your life. But life doesn't stop just because you retire. And if you think about your investment portfolio like a rubber band and and you're pulling that rubber band, longevity pulls that rubber band even more. The longer you live, the more that money has to stretch out over your lifetime and potentially your spouse's lifetime. And so to have a plan and a strategy that actually ensures that you're going to have enough regular, predictable, dependable income in retirement, that is the the way that you build financial independence in retirement. Because if you've got that, that foundation of income, just like a house foundation, if you build a house and it's built on a very solid foundation, then that house will probably stand. If you have a very weak foundation or if you have a very weak uh, ground under that foundation, then it can have problems that will affect the entire house. And so you want to build a foundation of income with Social Security. If you have a pension, And if you have some type of regular predictable income from some type of investment product that guarantees income to you, then you can certainly make that happen in your retirement income plan. And Tim, I don't know any way that that people can get a sense of financial independence if they are 100% invested in what the market is going to do for them, because we've already talked about sequence risk and how markets can take down a portfolio. I know you really want to build some security in there and some insurance in there. And that's actually done through an annuity. If you can, if you have the money to invest in that, that'll actually guarantee a monthly income to you for the rest of your life. You don't have to worry about what the market's going to do. And if it's going to, if you run out of money, I mean, because you're going to have on top of your social security, a monthly check coming from that insurance company every month. Scott, I I think about this a lot. Like I think about homeowners insurance. Mm -hmm. And let's say that you had a, a million dollar home. Paid for, you don't, you're not obligated to, to keep insurance on it as far as the mortgage company is concerned. But I would be willing to bet that no one could ever talk you out of your homeowner's insurance, talk you into canceling your homeowner's insurance once your house is paid for. Well, my house is paid for. I don't have right. to have that homeowner's insurance. You got a million dollar asset there. You've got to protect it. 
Well, the same is true in terms of your income. You need to be protecting your income or at least a portion of your income that that you need for the basic necessities of life. That income has got to be protected throughout the rest of your life and especially if you have you know, a lot of longevity in your family. If your parents or grandparents live to be ripe old ages, there's a a very high possibility that you would live to be as old or older because of all the medical advances and things of that nature. And so that's something that you've got to calculate into the equation when you're doing a retirement income plan. So what's the plan? We talked about at the open of the show, retirement is fill in the blank. And we've talked about how many people fill that blank with scary, frightening, But what if we put it in my choice? Retirement is my choice. And that requires putting some thought into it, having some ideas about where you want to go, no matter where you are along that retirement journey. But it also requires planning. And we do that every day at Genwell Financial Advisors. We have a ready-to-retire process that covers seven key areas. And many of them address the fears that we've talked about in this show. The investment strategy is key. We talked about pushing off some of the market volatility for the uh, buckets of your money that you're going to use later in your retirement years. That addresses that market volatility concern. Social security maximization. We do a social security analysis and strategy that gives you options on when to take it. Creating guaranteed income to meet your basic needs. We just talked about that. Using an annuity for the floor of your retirement income if needed. If you need guaranteed income to be added to your social security and potentially a pension to make sure your expenses are met and then protect against inflation that's one we didn't talk about that's a risk and certainly a fear as well john inflation we know we're experiencing that right now uh certainly we hope that it's not going to be going up at the rate that it's going up right now but we do know that prices are going to increase over time so another reason that you still have to believe in equities with a portion of your portfolio because that is the only that in real estate are the only asset classes that have outperformed inflation so we know we've got to get that monthly check to go up in retirement yeah a lot of people think about yeah i'll just i'm going to be really safe in my retirement going to put it in some type of fixed income it's going to get me one or two percent i'm not going to lose any money that's going to take care of me that is false thinking you cannot do that you've got to have equities and real estate for the long term to be able to keep pace with inflation And the key is to grow your income over time. No one wants to end their retirement with the same amount of money per month that they started their retirement on, because you would actually be going backwards in terms of buying power if you did that. So you've got to have a plan to increase your income over time. And John, I think you mentioned CDs and things like that. I think that used to be obviously not a bad thing to do 20, 25, 30 years ago when interest rates were much, much higher, but now you are losing money. And I think a lot of advisors out there also say, you know, we talked about fixed income that build that floor and you've got the social security or the guaranteed income, the social security and the pension. And some people put all your money in an annuity just to get a monthly payment. Well, Mm -hmm. you're going to be getting the same amount of money in your 20 of retirement as you are in your one of retirement. And you're going to be losing buying power during that time. Yeah, there is no one answer to this. And that's why we do what we do through the ready to retire process here at GenWealth. You also have to think about things like long-term care. How am I going to pay for long-term care? Am I going to insure against that? Or am I going to take it on my own? Uh, Or, you know, most people are not going to qualify for Medicaid. So that's really not an option, even though a lot of people talk about that. They think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that to be able to qualify for Medicaid. When it really comes down to it, 
you find out that that's way more difficult than than you think it is, and it is something that that most people don't qualify for because of the assets they have. And the other two key areas: reducing taxes during retirement. That's a that's a big component to it. A tax uh, advantage strategy of uh, taking those assets out because most of them are going to be in qualified plans that have uh, not been taxed yet. So there will be some taxes to consider. That's part of the retirement income planning at GenWealth as well. And it's all documented in a written plan on paper on purpose. And that is the biggest of the key areas for me is that you have that reference material to go back to. It is the why it is the how. It is everything in that three-ring binder, John, that lets people know once they walk out of the meeting room, when they forget, when they need to be reminded, how it's all going to go down. Yeah. If you've got a written plan, you've always got something to go back to, to open up and go, now, why did we do this? And what is it that I'm supposed to think about when I'm in this situation? That retirement income plan is designed around the eventualities of life. We know that eventually the markets are going to have an upheaval at some particular point in time. We don't know when, but we're going to plan for it. We know that inflation is going to continue to rise. We don't know how much, but we're going to plan for it. It. We know that there's a likelihood that, that people will continue to live longer. We don't know whether that's you or not, but we're going to plan for it in your plan so that your plan works regardless of what may be going on in the markets, in the economy, or whatever. We want you to be able to continue with life and be in a situation where you can work toward financial independence. To get started in the ready to retire process, you can reach out with a phone call or an email. You can call us at 501-653-7355 or toll-free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. Or you can also send us an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. You heard the bell in the background. It is time for our final thoughts to wrap up the show, and we'll start with Tim. Well, I think we go back to that retirement is blank. And um, you know, everyone gets to decide what goes in that blank um, Scott, you mentioned it. Um, we oftentimes in our meetings, it's we really want to look at it as financial independence. And once you get there, you can do re- whatever you want to in retirement, pretty much. I mean, you know, we're going to be able to, you know, either part time work, no work, vacations, whatever that is. Once you reach financial independence, then you know, everything's open to you. Uh, Yeah, that is a great point, Tim. Financial independence is a great pivot point. And I think getting there requires education. Education is the antidote to fear. If you are fearful about something, then educate yourself about it and learn, you know, what's actually out there in that haunted house in the dark. Turn the lights on. Take a look. It's just some jelly in that in that, you know, <laughs> bowl. It's not some goo that, the, that you know, came from a, uh, an alien or anything of that nature. It's it's just some jelly in there. And that's what we do through the education process here at GenWealth, as we call it, the ready to retire process. Don't go into retirement without a plan. I just think that's that's foolhardy, Scott. So my final thought is a reminder of something we mentioned earlier in the show. You have an opportunity to get our free download, 10 Ways to Shift Your Perspective About Planning. That's a lot of what alleviates your fear is shifting your perspective. It's called What's the Plan? A Manifesto for Your Life, Your Worth, and What Happens Next. It's accessible by visiting GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan or simply text the word PLAN to 501-381-5228, 501-381-5228. It's a free copy with 10 ways to shift your perspective about planning. 
We're out of time on the Get Ready for the Future show for this week. We thank you for watching and for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.